We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more or gain, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it full. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Live It Full podcast. This is Richard. I am live inside of our Facebook group, Live It Full, the community. Um, I planned on uh, doing a Q&A session today, but first off, a little bit of homework. If... Uh, you like the podcast, if you like being in this group, and if you never listen to the podcast, look us up on Apple. We're pretty easy to find, Spotify, all the places that you would listen to a podcast. You can download the podcast, listen to it. We've got 40-something episodes on there. This will be a 43 or 44. Um, I'm excited to do that. So if you're listening to the podcast on there or watching this video elsewhere, and I say something that doesn't make sense, it may be because I'm answering questions a little bit the community. I will do my best to try to explain what's going on, but sometimes people... Uh, write comments or say things that may not always make sense when it's just listening to the audio. But I am in our group. If you're not a part of our group, go to, um, you can find us at our page at The Real Live It Full on Facebook. It's Live It Full, the community. Um, and like I said, I am live in there right now. And I'm going to go through and answer a couple of questions Caitlin and I had asked um, earlier this week because um, we think that our Facebook group is one of our best sounding boards and one of the best places that we get information to talk about. But also, we get great feedback and um, immense we have immense gratitude for that group, but we had a couple questions in there. Greg Bratcher asked us what well, keeping the main thing, the main thing. And so I think that's a great topic to talk about a couple minutes. Um, if you know, Greg, he's a great guy and he keeps the main thing, the main thing, I think. But I think the first thing when we're talking about that, if you're asking, how do you keep the main thing, the main thing, we're in a busy world that is full of noise. There are things pulling us in different directions constantly. Our phones are buzzing, things are ringing, things are vying for our attention nonstop. It's almost like being in Vegas and the slot machines are just going off. Well, there's some psychology to that, that um, social media and um, YouTube, all those things, they want you to stay on it. So they do things psychologically that try to keep you there. So we have more distractions, I think, in the world than ever. It's hard to ever just find silence. But I would tell you, look for that. But to keep the main thing the main thing, you've got to know first what is the main thing that you're doing. And I think that comes down to um, Caitlin. And I mean, obviously, we talk about it all of the time. I've got it on the wall behind me that way. Um, faith, family, finance, fitness. So you have to figure out what is your main thing. It's kind of like the whole Alice in Wonderland quote from the Cheshire Cat. And I'm, I don't know it exactly. So don't y'all DM me. Somebody will DM me. That, that's a big uh, Lewis Carroll fan. But basically, the Cheshire Cat asked Alice, where are you going? And she said, I don't know. Because she asked which road to take. And he said, well, then it really doesn't matter which road you take. If you don't know what your main thing is, it doesn't matter what it what you're doing because you're not doing your main thing. So the first thing I would tell you to keep your main thing the main thing, you have to establish your priorities. Now, Caitlin and I truly believe that faith, family, finance, and fitness are the top five or top four priorities for most people. They should be yours. Maybe they're not. But to me, when my life is out of whack, when things are out of balance, I have to go back and look, am I spending time in my faith daily? Am I spending time investing in my family? If whether it be date nights or intentional time with each of the children, am I looking at my finances? Am I running my businesses third? And am I working on my fitness? And so you have to figure out that that'd be the first thing. Figure out what is your main thing. 
If you don't know, then it doesn't matter what you're doing. So Greg, I appreciate you asking that. Um, but, and as far as keeping it, I think some of that's accountability on if you know, that's your main thing, trying to stick to doing that thing first. And so I try to always start my day with my faith, with prayers and devotional. Now I don't always do it in the hustle and bustle. Um, Caitlin would be kind of rolling her eyes at me right now. Cause I know how our mornings can be. They can be hectic getting four kids out of the house and both of us on time. But when I get to the office, a lot of times um, by eight 30 or so I sit down and I do a devotional and I, and I think about my day and I meditate a little, when you don't do that, my main thing is not my main thing. And to me, my main thing is, is keeping that faith, family, finance, fitness in that order. So I think that's a great question, Greg. Hopefully that answered it for you or answered it for the people. If you have any comments, feel free to leave them on here and I'll get back and, and try to uh, answer it a little bit better if I can. Now, Marie Smith, who I will give in full disclosure, is my cousin. Um, she said, any tips or tricks for new startups? She may have asked a couple of questions. Um, what to pursue, what to pass up? She said that's kind of a big general topic. Then she came back um, and asked what, when to expand, when to pursue full-time. Yeah, I have a lot. Um, and I think that's, I get that question from people a lot because Caitlin and I've talked about scaling businesses and trying to figure out when you're going to take, you know, you may be doing something right now that you're nine to five and you've got something else going out, what we call the five to nine. Um, and some of us, it may be more like nine to midnight when we do our, our extra side hustle stuff because of family, but when to, when to expand any, any tips and tricks for new startups? I don't think there's any tips or tricks, but what I tell you, if you're trying to do something on the side that, um, that you want to generate revenue on. And for those of you that don't know Marie, she's got a, um, a, uh, sweet little, little thing. She's, I shouldn't say little, I hate when people do that. She's got a side business grazed and confused. Um, she does some pretty awesome food spreads doing really well with that. So I assume she's talking about that some, but to me, the tricks for new startups goes back to a Steve Jobs quote that basically says in business, um, the people who are successful in business are the ones who most often don't quit. Okay. And where that's, that's a tip I would give a startup first off. Um, it's hard. And what Steve Jobs says in that interview, it's uh, Bill Gates. I can't remember. They were at like, um, a conference for Apple and Microsoft, all the big computer nerds of the world were there. And he basically said, business is so hard that most sane people would quit. And so the ones who don't are a little tweaked, which I think that most successful entrepreneurs, we are a little tweaked. I say that all the time. Psychologists would probably tell us the same thing. We have an, you know, almost a delusional sense of invincibility sometimes. And, and we are often have our trauma response of being uber self-reliant and independent. Those traits are good. They serve you. But the biggest thing I could tell you is if you're not passionate about it and you're trying to do it for money, you will fail. Because while money is a motivator, it is not the motivator. It's what you can do with it. And so if you're working a side hustle or trying to start a business as a startup and you're doing it for money, when things get hard and there's not any money, you have a tendency to quit. So the best advice that I could give you on a startup is find what you're passionate about then it's not really work. And then she said, what to pursue and what to pass by. And I think that goes along the same lines. I have a deal and I've heard Mark Manson say and a few others, um, oh, who was the guy who wrote Essentialism? He's British. But anyways, 
basically when you're when you're presented an opportunity and I take it not even like business opportunities. I'm talking like if somebody asked me to serve on a board or to um, today, I actually announced flag football games for our local one of the local elementary schools, intermediate schools that my daughter goes to. It's a pretty large time commitment, but I was excited to do it. So my if if you're presenting it an opportunity and it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And if you start doing that with everything that comes across your life, um, turning down the things that you aren't super passionate about, you'll realize that you have time for the things that you are. So in a startup phase, if something comes across your desk and or across your you know phone, across you know whatever. If it's not a passionate yes, say no, because you'll regret it later because we, we only have a finite amount of time and you're going to spend your wills on things that you're not passionate about. And so let's see, um, Maria, I hope I answered some of that. I mean, I don't know that there's any tips or tricks that I can give you that you won't figure out on your own, but it's, I know you're passionate about what you're doing. And so you keep doing it. Now, when do you take that to a full-time thing versus a part-time thing? That's a, that's something that, um, one thing, since I start my, my priority list off with faith, I would tell you to pray about, I would tell you to talk to your family and those closest to you. Um, any mentors, advisors you have, um, talk to a coach. Uh, I'd be happy to sit down with you again and talk about those things. Uh, there's a point that it makes sense, but it's also a point where on paper it may not. It's one of those things that you'll look at and go, it could go either way. I could make it or I could fail. That's usually when you have to jump. And that's what takes the faith because you, when you're jumping, you have to assume that you're going to fly. You know what I mean? Like you have to take that step off the cliff and know that you're going to not land 30 feet down. And you might, but you got to get back up and fly. And so when you're passionate about it and you think that you can scale it, normally when you feel like you shouldn't, maybe that is when you should. When you start getting cold feet, but you know it's something you want to do, that's probably when you should push it. Now, I don't know when you go full-time. I think that's going to be an individual deal. And there's going to be other dynamics in there that really define how you do that. If you're the sole provider for a family, if you're the only source of income, is it the time to go full-time on something that is questionable? Are we being good stewards when that happens? Um, I think there's two sides to that. You could say, no, you probably shouldn't do that at that point because are you hurting? are you potentially hurting your family by it? But secondly, you could also look at it from the stance of if I do this, my back's against the wall. I don't have a choice but to succeed. So it kind of can push you both ways. I don't know if that answered it for you, but leave us a comment in the uh, in the comment section if you did. If it does, answer it for you. Now, my buddy Dustin, he asked, he said, and he wanted us to talk about, and hard work doesn't equal success. And we hear from people online, and I'm bad about saying it too, work hard, stay humble. You can work your tail off and not succeed. The world isn't fair. Things aren't always going to go your way. You can do everything right and still get beat. And so you can work hard and still fail. You can work smart and still fail. And I really hate the term um, work work smarter, not harder, because I think there is an aspect of everything that we do that you can outwork people. Right. And so, but is it always smart to do that? And I think that's the dichotomy of that question is 
when is it right to work hard and when is it right to work smart? Because I don't know that working when we, when you hear somebody say work smarter, not harder, it almost implies that working hard is stupid, that it makes you less intelligent because you're working hard. I've always had lived by the mantra and the, the thought that I may not be as talented as other people, but I'm going to outwork them. I saw Elon Musk posted um, something about if you have a 10 year plan, try to do it in a year. Because even if you fail, you're going to be further along than the people who are still trying to do it in 10 years. Now, you're taking, so take that with a grain of salt, though. You're talking, you're listening to a guy who is obviously uber successful, probably a sociopath, who works 19 hours a day. He sleeps six, so I'll say 18, because he did admit to sleeping six, because he felt like he wasn't productive if he slept less or more but he doesn't have anything else going on in his life. So you got to take that with a grain of salt that I'm about balance. I want to have family time. I want to have my faith time. I want to have my, my business time. I want it all. So I think that the work hard doesn't equal success is spot on. It's not going to get, I guess it doesn't, it, it can equal success. It doesn't guarantee success because I think we've all been in situations in life where maybe we were passed over for a promotion by somebody who wasn't as talented, didn't work as hard and wasn't as qualified but they got a promotion because of who they knew, right? Life is a lot about who you know. It's the connections you make. It's the, there's a reality to that, that people don't always want to acknowledge, but there's a, there's a truth to it. You could work really hard and somebody who has connections, maybe they have a good last name. Maybe their last name matches the CEO's last name. I mean, you never know. And they could jump over you for a position that they didn't deserve. Doesn't matter that you worked hard. What's the smart thing to do there? And so I think you have to look at both sides of that. But I've also some of the so talking about let me take this to CEO pay real quick. Bear with me while I make that connection, because it's the first thing that popped into my mind when I was thinking about working harder doesn't doesn't equal success. Because I hear people argue that is a CEO worth 20 million dollars when his entry level employees are making minimum wage. Their job is much harder is what people say. And maybe it's more physically demanding at times, but our pay, which I think a lot of people will equate income with success, even though it's not my first metric that I would use, there is definitely truth to that. Sometimes very difficult jobs can be done by physically demanding jobs could be done by anyone. Right. And I say that because, scarcity in what your abilities are lead to more compensation. Okay. If everybody could do what you do, why would you make more money? So when I say that, I think that physical and I've done physical labor in my life. I've got scars on my hands. I've grew up very blue collar, went to college and decided that that wasn't, you know, I wanted to take a different path from that. Um, but I come from a blue collar background. My family is, um, and, Digging ditches is very physically demanding. It is hard. There's not a scarcity of people that can do that. Being a CEO or a high-level executive, not everyone can do that. Contrary to what people think, it's a very difficult job. Managing people, managing million-dollar budgets, multi-million, seven, eight, nine figures is not easy. There's a scarcity of people that can do that. So compensation is commiserate with that. They do work hard, but physically, is it different from what the ditch digger is doing. 
I mean, I think childcare is one of the most demanding hard jobs, but many people can do it. So a lot of times you see compensation on that that is less because there is a lot of availability of employees. If you have a very specialized skill set, you're going to have better rewards, better compensation than the person that doesn't. And so I think Dustin may have been trying to just goad me a little into talking about it. Um, Cause he's one of the hardest working people I know, but he's also one of the smartest. And so I think there is, you have to understand, I think when you understand that level of success, working harder versus smarter versus smarter versus harder, I think that you have to figure out the balance there because there is something to be said for that. And I think a lot of it comes down to time also. Um, and that's the, the thought that I'll try to leave y'all with on there is time versus money versus working hard versus working smarter. So we can all acknowledge that time is our greatest commodity. There's not much else. That's time is the one thing that we can't get back. I want more time with my kids, with my family. And so at this point in my life, I will trade money for time with them. So if I can pay someone to do something like mow the yard, clean the house that enables me to spend more time with my family, then that's money well spent. I think when we first started, so I'll give you a a brief story on that. When we first started flipping and and buying houses and renting them, the first rental we ever bought, business partners and Caitlin and I, we only had, there's eight kids between the two families now. I think then we had three. Our youngest, our oldest was um, the youngest then of the, the three kids and I remember being in a rent house. The first one we ever bought, we were painting it ourselves. We demoed a bathroom. I bet we spent three weeks over there every night for five or six hours. We quickly learned that a painter could paint that house in two days, use less paint, and we would get it rented. So we wasted a month's worth of rent potential to save a thousand bucks. So to us, once we learned that, that was a mind shift because we did work hard. We felt like that's what we needed to do. This is your rent house. This is the first one. You've got to work hard, right? You've got to go in and and do the hard things. Well, you know what? People, and so this is a mistake, and I'll give you all a piece of real estate advice real quick. People make the mistake when they're doing a flip house of doing the demolition themselves. And most people say, well, why wouldn't you do it? Well, Number one, it takes the least amount of skill and it's the cheapest thing you can hire out. So you as an investor, all of a sudden who have theoretically a pretty decent skill set or you wouldn't be investing in real estate are doing the cheapest thing to hire out, the most physically demanding thing and the one that takes the least skill. So I think that's where Working smarter there versus harder pays off. Um, I'm not real sure if that answered Dustin's question directly, um, but I gave it a whirl. You can you can screw things up by trying to work too hard. Relationships, all sorts of stuff. Now, as men, I will say we have a tendency to try to provide we put we we act like atlas and we put the world on our shoulders um and sometimes we do things that the hard way for no reason 
But before we uh, before we cut this off, does anybody? I've got a few viewers watching. Does anybody have any questions? Drop a comment. I would be happy to answer them. I'll give you a second. If not, well, we've been doing, we've been at this for about twenty minutes. We'll wrap it up. I will publish this out on our Facebook group as well as um, other places that we put things. Um, create a podcast. And at the end, if anybody has questions that I didn't get to, feel free to go ahead and leave them and we'll do this again next week and I'll be happy to answer them and we may schedule it in the evening where more people are actually online to to watch live. Um, but I appreciate you uh, being a part of Live It Full, the community. I appreciate y'all listening to the Live It Full podcast. Um, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else that podcasts are found. Visit us at liveitfull.com. You can go buy some merchandise. You can check out all the podcasts and our blogs. Um, we have a lot on their faith, family, finance. We've got a lot on family. Um, Pretty much all of our content is there. You can find us on Instagram at The Real Live It Full. We appreciate y'all, and I hope that you continue to live it full. You, you just listened to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Live It Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Live It Full Podcast.